0: Hello. Hello welcome to the
1: Truman Show, my name is Jimmy this is my show today we are at the best no, of 2021, um, which was a card from last weekend. Um, we were kind of doing uh, the uh, Beginners' Guide to Japan last weekend and I wanted time to sit and thoroughly enjoy this because this was an amazing card. Not so much like the undercard, it was all very kind of modern day Noah and cool and stuff and there were some little bits that were incredible. But the main event was on another level and we had to talk about this because it's it's something very, very special. And it's a match we've seen before this year. And they had an amazing match we talked about, which was possibly match of the year last time we talked about it, and they've moved up an even higher level. And to discuss this, as me and uh, the modern Noah expert he is, is Mr. John Dinsdale. How are you, sir?
0: I think you just bigged me up a bit too much. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty good. Normally when I see 60-minute matches, my heart sinks, because I've only ever seen two done properly. Before this one, which was uh, Omega Okada and John Wayne Murdoch and Eric Ryan in a sixty-minute death match. So I think,
1: yeah, I, it's um, um, I'm trying to think who the who the ones I've seen that are good. Um, the ones I've seen that are good are um, uh, Rick Flair and Ricky Steamboat, obviously. Um, they were very good at it, and obviously Okada and um, Okada and yeah, Kenny Omega, him most famous wrestler in the world in a and I forgot his name. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting old. <laughs> and of course, if you were, if you want to go back into the day, Manami Toyota and Tokoka anyway, uh, well, probably the best hour-long match I've ever seen, I would think. Um, and you've got a very special piece a special story to make that kind of match work or Manami Toyota <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. uh, as great as these two guys are neither of them are Manami Toyota. But um
0: yeah well nobody's Manami Toyota these no guys. no
1: or, or nor is anyone else <laughs> <laughs> nor will everyone ever be again but there we go so let's start with uh, the opener which was Kinye Koda Okada and he defeated Kai Fujimura, 16, six minutes and 15 seconds of kind of young wrestler versus kind of young wrestler. This wasn't so much a rookie opening match as a, a guy who's kind of getting his way in the world in Fujimura. they kicked in by Okada, who's much more accomplished. And that's the difference three years makes in pro wrestling in NOAH. What were your thoughts on this one, John?
0: Yeah, it was fine. Solid little opening match between two semi-experienced wrestlers doing... Like semi-experienced wrestler things, it was just kind of light. It's about as light as the sure show gets. Opening for, because <laughs> <laughs> we're still yeah. beating the shit out of each other. It was. Oh, just... You were sort of there to be like, "Oh, cool, look at these up-and-comers." <clears throat> Not, "Oh my God, he's dead."
1: Yes, yes. This was this was a light beating, a genial makeover of violence, shall we say. And fujimori has got a good future ahead of him. He kind of reminds me very much of a lot of eight I think it's possibly the black tights and the black boots, but um oh uh, 01, pro wrestling zero one president him, I can't remember his name now. Ugh, this is a bit annoys me um, about my life because I forget about things. I'm, I, ignore me, I'll I'll go back to him. Tell me what you think about a card whilst I do that.
0: Yeah, Kada seems like he's pretty much finding his way now. He seems to have like a nice control of the match. He knew what he wanted to do, and he has a good look to him. He's definitely going to be one to watch out for. Then again, they both are, because Fujimura's drop are kind of cool, I must admit. they
1: the very pinpoint, aren't they? Yeah. Shinjiro Tani is the person I was thinking of. I was going to say <laughs> Otani,
0: and I couldn't remember if that was Zero-One or Wrestle-One, because again, no. too many ones...
1: Yes, for those of you who don't know and would like some King's Road history, we'll put at this particular point, whilst we remember, uh, Pro Wrestling Zero 01 was founded by Shinya Hashimoto with the help of Shinji Otani when they both expressed the idea of wrestling people outside of New Japan Pro Wrestling. And uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling said, you can do that if you leave New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, <laughs> and Pro Wrestle, uh, Pro Wrestling... Pro, pro Wrestle 1 was Kiejo Muto's promotion when he left All Japan in the one, two, third schism of All Japan Pro Wrestling. Fourth schism of All Japan Pro Wrestling. There's a lot was of I always called
0: it Wrestle 2 because then you could remember 0 1. <laughs> and then it's just like, there we go.
1: Yeah, it would be much easier. Yes, the fourth schism of All Japan. There's a lot more schisms than the Catholic Church in um, oh, oh, the the, the, or the Orthodox Church, shall we say, in uh, Kings Road Wrestling. But here we are. Uh, yes, excellent particular match for an opener. And then uh, we had Stinger, Siki Yoshiyaki, and Ue Susumi they wrestled uh, at mal Damal upon Kataro Suzuki and Yohei, 11 minutes and 24 seconds, in what really was kind of a number one contenders match for the, IW, oh, sorry, the IWG, GHC Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championships, as we would find out later on. But this was a lot of fun, I thought.
0: Yeah, you really can't go wrong with Yohei and Kotaro Suzuki or Seki Yoshioka and Yuya Sasumu. Like, all four guys are basically experts at what they do and again know perfectly when to hit each other very hard and pick up the (laughs) pace it's it's interesting this feud because neither team are technically good guys like stinger have kind of been overtaken as the scum of the earth by los perros del mal de japon and i don't think they're very happy about it
1: (laughs) That was that was uh, a thing. Obviously, we had the announcement last week that New Japan and will we'll be working together for Wrestle Kingdom this year. And a lot of people were speculating was like, if they worked together, would Duki tag with Peros Domal? Because he was in Peros Domal in Mexico. <laughs> so, mm,
0: ooh, I mean, if I do Peros Domal versus Zuki then that could be an interesting little storyline to feed into it.
1: There's lots of juniors in both of it. Well, obviously, Los Peristermal in 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 nowhere is an entirely junior heavyweight faction, and there's lots of junior heavyweights in Suzuki-gun, at least four. So you could get an eight-man tag out of it easily enough, um, and and that would absolutely play into Desperado and Duke's hands, who hate, hate with a passion, lucha libre uh, tourists which is the definition of what Los Paros de upon are. Because <laughs> they very rarely wrestle in Mexico, and they're wearing the t-shirts. So, yes, that might be an intriguing story to tell.
0: Mm. Mm. As a One s- thing... oh, this match was fucking awesome.
1: <laughs> it was. It was really, really good. I've got a statement to make. And you may not agree with this statement, and a few other people might be angry that I say this statement, but I'm going to make a statement. I reckon Peros de Mal is the most influential faction in worldwide wrestling, even more influential than Bullet Club.
0: Well, I mean, Peros de Mal's been going a lot longer.
1: They have, and they did what Bullet Club did first, including AEW. For those of you who don't know, Pero Aguayo Jr. was a big star for CMLL and um he got to the end of his contract and he had this group of wrestlers and c said hey why don't we nudge nudge wink wink let you go and then you can start your own promotion and we can have this super card of wrestling like wrestling promoters have done this before and very rarely does it work it's worked twice (laughs) maybe three times you've got to be very careful with these things because when you give a bunch of people some money and then tell them to go on their merry way with no necessarily idea that they might need to give their money back, things will happen. And Pero Aguayo Jr. started his own promotion, which was called Perostamal, based around the Perostamal faction. And it turned out to be massively popular and a spectacular financial success because they worked on nightly deals, they didn't work on long term contracts. So anyone who was out of contract could go work for them, no harm, no foul.
0: I feel and... like this is the third time we've told this story. I don't think it is. <laughs> I
1: it's think like it's every time
0: Peros Mal are on a noise we tell I the didn't... history of Peros Demal.
1: I did this a while ago, but I'm I'm trying to make a specific point here. Like they did what AEW did ten years ago, and I think I think if you look at Bullet Club, I think there's two. I think there's two bu- blueprints to Bullet Club. One is the funk. Wrestling Army in FMW, which Jado and Jado were both about for when they were FMW and saw what success that was because it was about um, Gaijin's having uh, issues with the office, which is the basic principle of Bullet Club. And on Mao is kind of more an ethereal influence on Bullet Club. It proved that it could be done. So mm. I'm saying, you know, it's just a thought I'm putting out there. little Lewis, thing. Lewis
0: necessarily anything wrong with saying that there's Um, usually something that comes along and does it first and then there'll always be someone that comes along and does the same thing but gets more recognition for it
1: yes bigger and fancier and shinier with the edges knocked off to make it more palatable for everybody else which is essentially what the nwo was for well the uwfi invading new japan you the nwo was based upon that and then nwo japan was based upon nwo us Bizarre how things went around. <laughs> Just insane. But there we go. The lovely world of professional wrestling. Uh, let's move on. Funky Express. Aki Saito, King Tani, and Muhammad Yone defeated Daki Inaba, Masakitayama, and Yoshiki Inamura in 10 minutes and 40 seconds. Of a fun, fun match. And Aki is still the scariest man, aside from Minoru Suzuki on planet Earth. <laughs>
0: It's like you'd think, oh, he's in a disco faction. He can't be that scary. And then you get in the ring with him and you're like, I'm about to die.
1: I tell you what, King Tanny coming off the top rope at any time is terrifying. Yeah. Big lad coming off the top rope. Get That's out of the
0: it funny that the disco <laughs> faction are all just like badass shooters who thought, fuck it, we're getting old, but we're going to embrace it. We're- yes. We love disco. Now you can too, because we're gonna kick our ass and dance about it. <laughs> I still can't get over King Tani's reaction when they're leaving the ring after winning, and Saito busts out some moves in front of him, and he's just like, "Well, I'm not topping that."
1: No, no, there you go. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's, it's a glorious and wonderful thing. Uh, who do you want to see Funky Express wrestle? Ooh. in the New Japan crossover show. Because the obvious thing is the dads.
0: See, I I would say the dads, but I feel like it should be someone with, like, who can match their funkiness. So maybe Taguchi, (laughs) Romero, and who else would... Just bring Nakanishi out. Nakanishi (laughs) wants to move as well. (laughs) And it's, it's just an entire match where Funky Express beat on like Taguchi and Romero. And then at the last second, Nakanishi comes out, lands a couple of moves. And the Funky Express still wins, but like New Japan didn't get completely buried in the match.
1: See, this is the thing. I want uh, this. This is maybe a bit anticlimactic, where I want Taguchi to wrestle Kenno.
0: Oh my God, that would be the greatest thing, ever. See, see, someone agrees
1: with me. Yeah, I like,
0: would just be pissed off the entire time.
1: Exactly, but there's what I want, right? I want full horse to Gucci. I mean, in a horse costume, riding a horse to the ring, <laughs> and then gets in the ring, takes off the horse costume, and he's dyed his hair blonde and he's wearing red tights.
0: He spends the entire match trying to hit hip attacks and Keno's just blasting him.
1: Yeah. Or just walking out the way and just getting more and more furious for the entire match.
0: Yeah, <laughs> screw it. We don't need Funky Express. But there you go, see, that's, the that's... Coaches, we We need that now. <laughs> <laughs> that would be such a funny thing as well, because that would be almost like a New Japan gotcha. It's yeah. like, hey, we got one of them Noah's best wrestlers. Who are we going to put him against? Toguchi in a comedy match
1: but then Keno just blasts him in the face and it's all over like Keno doesn't even pin him he just walks off and he gets and and taguchi gets counted out As Keno just is like
0: the best thing is that goes on for like five minutes kenno blasts yeah. him knocks taguchi out and then someone comes in and gives kenno a real match
1: yeah that would be cool i'd be interested that'd be nice and someone who could kick as well that'd be that'd be very cool so like Taiji. Yeah, you know, something. something oh. like. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Or a bushi. I suppose it'd have to be a bushi if Taguchi was the one showing his ass. It'd have to be a bushi. But we're not sure if he's fit. So, yeah, Just we'll go with Tai Chi. Ki. Just Tai chi. There's
0: it's probably some right. history there we can delve into.
1: Probably. I would think so. Anywho, let us move on. Momo Nishin, Tag, Atsushi Kotaji, Daisuke Harada, Hajime Ohara, and Kato Kiyami. And Yaksuta Yano defeated Kongo, Eliha, Heiho, Manu Soya, Neo, and Tadasuke in 17 minutes and 21 seconds Off, kind of what you expect Noah Jr. heavyweights to do, which is be a bit crazy and wild and have a bit of a brawl and kind of like just do all the stuff you expect them to do very well, which they are. They're all very competent professional wrestlers. So this was a very good match. I wouldn't say it was like – it's kind of one of those things that's like you could tell there was building to something big because there was nothing heavy to digest (laughs) this was a nice bit of candy floss to get you to your steak and veg main event and to be honest this was an entirely rump steak main event with an omelet there was all protein in this main event No carbs. So um, this match just kind of flowed along nicely. I haven't got anything bad to say about it. It did what it's supposed to do. What are your thoughts on this one, John?
0: Yeah, it was just a nice way to sort of get some of the bigger names in because you've got, like, former tag champions and um, Kiyomiya, who's still reeling from the fact they lost the N1. And, yeah, put them against Congo, who are still completely dominant faction of, like, Noah. Yeah, it's different. get difficult being Tadasuke, which is always the best thing ever.
1: See, this is the thing is just like, Kango are supposed to be heels, and then we've got Tadasuke, who's not really a heel, he's just a guy who smiles a lot.
0: I mean, Tadasuke <laughs> is meant to be a dick, but he's one of those endearing dicks. <laughs> it's like if someone drew a smiley face on a bell end. <laughs> it's like, I'm supposed to hate you, but that's so charming. Yes, it is. It's just like, man, yeah, yeah. Anywho,
1: but yeah, I mean there's nothing wrong with it. It was perfectly fine. I like Alejo a lot and what he was doing and just this was just cool. I like there's no one in this match to dislike. Everyone was no, good. It,
0: it was all sort of continue. it was all continuously moving as well. So it was never like, Oh, can we move away from these two please? I've seen getting graffiti with more dynamics. I don't know, I'm spouting shite at this point. But yeah, <laughs> great.
1: yeah, no, it was good. Um,
0: I've not quite recovered from the tad of scare joke, so just, that's it. That's the creativity output blog.
1: Ah, okay then. Well, we'll move on to something that was creative within itself. Stinger, Hayati and Yoshina Ogawa. Agawa, your uh, well I Hayata is your GHC junior heavyweight champion, defeated the Les Poros del maldo upon Ayeta and Nasser Um in, by count out
0: <laughs> H- <laughs> to H- win. I didn't like this one.
1: <laughs> the GHC tag team championships. They did not. 4.73 on 10 votes. People went out, like, all the matches on this card have only got five votes. People went out of their way to say how much they disliked this match, which I I don't think was fair.
0: Yeah, I don't get it. Like, it was fine.
1: It was because, I suppose it's because it was a count out thing. It was a bit of an odd way around. Right, okay, so uh, Aeta is dragon gate legend and is still a dragon gate wrestler and guests in noah as part of paros del and was tag team champions so they made this to favor themselves a no tags tag match like a lucha match so if you slide on the bottom rope you've effectively tagged out um and then so it was all a bit scrappy to start with which i can understand it didn't have a regular noah narrative which is fair enough but this isn't genre cinema they're allowed to do things differently every once in a while (laughs) And then, um, yeah, it just kind of flowed along, and I thought it was fine. I didn't think there was anything wrong with it. It wasn't like the group. What's that?
0: Eta is the youngest member of per- Peros de Maldehapon. Wow, well,
1: yeah. And he's really old. Um, <laughs> he's 30. Yeah, I mean, like, compared to, like, you know, Japanese wrestlers in general. I mean, you know,
0: that seems kind of young by Noah's standards.
1: I suppose so, yes, looking at the <laughs> next match. But I was thinking more of, like, you know, the new Japan junior division is like everyone's under thirty in Tiger Mask, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just uh, it's it's just the way Noah's kind of developed over the years, isn't it? Their top guys uh-huh. tend to be a bit older, and you know, didn't, didn't wrong um, in wrong guy booking the junior heavyweight division at the minute. Hmm. So yeah, he knows it's what so he's so doing.
0: Weird because like a lot of the Perastimal guys were like old-school MLW guys as well. So, like, I've seen them when they were younger, and now I can see them here as well, and it's just such a... It's an odd little thing.
1: MLW's had some odd stuff down the years, because, obviously, you know, it's Kurt Bauer's promotion, and it had a big run in the early to mid 2000s, and kind of went away, and then came back recently when they found some TV coverage and stuff, and now they're playing 5,000 people. You know, like... um one of the biggest in well the biggest indie company in north america really if you don't say that if you say impact isn't really an indie and that aw aren't really an indie they're majors then mlw has kind of taken over from ring of honor as the the big indie the big super indie and you know they've done good things we never just really covered them on the troupe show because they have always kind of been under the radar if you see what i mean
0: I ended up, like, I've reviewed Fusion and their Underground series and things like that, so I've got to sort of watch the journey and see all the sort of big names that were in, like, 2002 MLW, and you're just like, holy shit.
1: Yeah, you know, they, they were doing war games matches long before NXT decided they were going to have a go. <laughs> Cause well, they, yeah,
0: had... they had Steve Carino as top heel.
1: He it was, it was Lee Booker as well. Um, he, just, he did say it was the only time he had to, you got to book a promotion and have money to do it properly with. So, yeah, it was uh, it was good creative time for for MLW back then. I really but
0: they're not here for this match. I'm, so I'm mean... still trying to think it over.
1: I don't know. I mean, I think I think possibly because for those of you who don't know, uh, titles can change hands on disqualification and a count-out in Japan, and this was just unusual that it ended on a count-out.
0: It fits the story though, considering again, it's two underhanded teams like. Orgawa literally comes out to Scum of the Earth by Rob Zombie. Like, (laughs) the thing that aren't good guys, Los Porce de Mel de Japon aren't good guys. It's like, this fits perfectly, because it was just two teams trying to out-evil each other and pick up a devious win. I mean, it wasn't like it was a long-winded match, either. It didn't even go 15 minutes.
1: No, I think as well, it's like... (sighs) People might be getting a little tired of Stinger versus Peros I guess. I don't know. I'm not. I think it's cool. Um, but some other people might not think that. So, I don't know. Each to their own, <laughs> I guess. They're wrong. Uh, but we'll move on, shall we? <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is just a sassy episode.
1: Hey, well, yeah. I mean, oh, God. I, this week I had a conversation with someone who tried to claim that Impact Wrestling was the second biggest wrestling promotion in the world. And I'm like, they can't My put,
0: enthusiasm um... but
1: Yeah, and it's like, I'm, I'm, that's fine. But CMLL put 10,000 people in a building every week. And they were like, yeah, but they don't have TV around the world, do they? I'm saying, so, because Impact can put 400 people in a building in Bombay next Tuesday, they're bigger than CMLL who can put 10,000 people into Arena Mexico every Tuesday. <laughs> and it was like, yeah. Worldwide, worldwide, like you can like I'm like no, no one knows who they are. I like, outside of the wrestling bubble. Don't get me wrong, I'm not knocking them. And they were like, well, we drew three thousand people at Bound for Glory three years ago. That means we're the second biggest promotion. God, but apparently, Japan,
0: Twitter is so funny.
1: It is, but apparently New Japan, uh, New Japan, or Japan NOAA, DDT, uh, TJPW, Stardom, um, MLW, uh, AEW um, are not bigger than Impact Wrestling, which is a great company mostly. Um, but I don't, and I don't have problems with with Impact Wrestling at all. A few problems with Impact Wrestling, but you know, not enough to go out of my way to diss them, because I think they do some cool stuff. But it's just like, I think even they would say they're not the biggest, second biggest wrestling promotion in the world. But it's a TNA fan thing, Impact. It's like, I hate to mention TNA, but it is kind of a TNA fan thing from back in the day. Like, they have great fans, but they're absolutely rabid and don't watch any of the former wrestling at all. It's why Suzuki was like, one of the reasons why Suzuki got a flat response was because they don't understand who Suzuki is. <laughs> it's like, you know, you like the AEW show in front of 10,000 people in New York City, Arthur Rash, and everyone singing Kose Nina Ray at the top of their lungs in this deafening manner. It goes to a <laughs> hall in Las Vegas with 500 wrestling fans and nobody knows the words.
0: I always thought one of the most depressing things ever.
1: What's that? It's
0: like Suzuki returns to Impact Wrestling gets no response Jeff Jarrett comes out and the whole building erupts.
1: Of course it does. That's that but that's 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 who like, the I love hero Jeff is.
0: Jarrett, but like that would be so like mortifying for Suzuki.
1: It would, but I mean like, like Suzuki's been wrestling 400 in front of four hundred people on the World Tag League this week, Tagami, Takamichi, I'm sure he's I'm sure he's looking at his life options.
0: <laughs> he's like I was doing so much better in America.
1: Yeah he was but there you go. Just what can you do? Um, but yeah, it, it just—that's the thing—is like I'm sick of tribalism in wrestling. Like I watch what? that
0: much shit. I don't have time for tribalism.
1: Um, if you follow the account Tori, I think it's Toriyano fan. Toriyano fan.
0: Uh, I fan. Yeah, another one you're on about.
1: Yeah, um, Toriyano fan account. Um, if you look up him, it's, it's Toriyano fan account, and each week he runs a poll on the worst takes on wrestling Twitter um worst takes of the week award and one of them this week was where is it uh where are we um oh yeah the, <laughs> raj Jury from 411 wrestler also from uh, wrestling incorporated who said cm punk and brian danielson shouldn't wrestle as much as they do <laughs> that, that was hilarious uh but one of them was essentially uh Oh yes, here you go. One of the reasons why CM Punk's AEW run sucks is because at the end of the day, WWE is always going to be top dog. That was <laughs> ace. <laughs> uh, people have told me Brian Alvarez in of, uh, Wrestling Observer this week said people at NXT have told me it's just not fun anymore, and someone replied, "It's your fucking job. It's not about to be. F- not supposed to be fun." um that's hilarious Uh, (laughs) and my other one my favorite one was uh people in wwe shouldn't be allowed to watch (laughs) aw and if they are they should be traitors they should be called traitors and fired on the spot
0: i feel like these people are so disconnected from reality at this point
1: i I, i'm i'm like there's a couple of people who are married to each other
0: <laughs> this, this, this is reaching like the levels of Sonic disillusionment.
1: I mean, I used me. I used to work on an Impact Wrestling forum, and it was like this all the time. Like there was an entire page I had to, you know, I I used to like take down so many posts about you know like horrible things people said about Stephanie and stuff. And it's like, well, I don't like it, but you can't call her that.
0: <laughs> it's like it's... I always look at wrestling fans the same way I look at Sonic fans like if they Sonic has a long string of bad games now yeah. like he was obviously it started off great in the Sega era but since about 2006 it's just been a long, long continuous downhill coaster and not in the fun way <laughs> it's like it sprays shit at you as you sort of flying back it's like yeah we're going downhill through a pig trough but anyway sonic fans will defend these games to the death like, no matter what. That's how I view WWE fans now. Like, whilst you'll still get the odd, odd bit of good in WWE, they will continuously try to feed you the shit because that's all they eat. It's like, well, if I like it and I put all this time into it, everyone else has to too. It's like, right? WWE can't betray me. They care about me. And it's just like, Sonic fans used to be exactly the same. Yeah. Still are. It's, it's depressing as hell. And like... Uh.
1: yeah it's just i mean this is the thing and it's like when i was a kid i watched all the wrestling there was because i thought wrestling was taken away from me i think that's what needs to be done (laughs) like being a wrestling fan in the uk in the 80s i had i was literally Fed a diet of the greatest professional wrestlers in the world on a weekly basis. Marty Jones, Dave Finley, Dynamite Kid, Bret Hart, Owen Hart. All these super workers that were going to be massive stars elsewhere. And then we had no wrestling for two years. So I watched everything because and loved all of it because I knew what precious thing it was because it had been taken away from me. And I think that's what we needs to happen to wrestling fans. They need to be not allowed to watch wrestling <laughs> for two years, and then they might appreciate it again. Anywho,
0: It's like, just to put it into perspective, like, whilst they're trying to defend whatever dog shit WWE is throwing up, we just got to enjoy a show literally called The Best that was full of incredible wrestling.
1: Of course it was, you know, and that's it. And it's just like, you're not going to watch Brian Danielson versus Minoru Suzuki. What are you, stupid? <laughs> Why wouldn't you watch that? Like Why would you not enjoy people, this wrestling match?
0: I guess that people don't like the fact that it's like, oh, these are all, like these are all like WWE guys on AW every week, and it's like, yeah, but they're draws. People have missed CM Punk for seven years. Yeah, of course they. Have. People yeah. haven't seen Brian Danielson wrestle properly since about what twenty? When did he have the Seashell title? Like. These are people who gave everything to wrestling and got spat back out by WWE's shitty system. And now they get to have fun again, put over younger guys, and you're complaining about it? Oh, yeah. I I get everyone's got different opinions. Like, hell, I have different opinions to most people out there. Like I watched the best show of 2021, and it was was DMDU's dream tournament. Because they made history and made me feel more like emotion than any other company has. And like people will say, oh, but it's just Deathmatch. It's like, you're entitled to that opinion. I think you're an idiot, but you're entitled to it.
1: Well, that's it. The best thing New Japan Pro Wrestling did was the six-man Openweight Tag Team Championship run of Chaos. Last year. Easily, by far. It was a simple, directly told... Easy to get into story that any wrestling fan from anywhere in the world would be able to see and go ooh, that's cool. The underdogs keep winning. How long can they keep winning for? Turned out to be 18 months. How cool is that?
0: We're in (laughs) a weird time period of wrestling right now that I don't get how we can have this tribalism. It's like, just support who you want to support, even if they're, like, even if it's WWE and you want to support those ironical dickheads, but like
1: enjoy wrestling and let other people enjoy wrestling. This isn't a football game. It's not you cheering for the Cowboys over the Washington team. It's just wrestling.
0: <laughs> you know speaking uh, of matches that are, that are going to split opinions, this next hmm. one...
1: Indeed. M's Alliance, and Masato Tanaka, as long as Noemichi Fuji. Oh, by the way, we best go back... Uh, just to finish off the GHC junior heavyweight tag title match, of course, uh, uh, Stinger won, and then the other team, as is the way with Noah Jr. heavyweights, a bunch of people turned up, there's going to be a number one contenders match at the show on, I think it's the January the 1st show, and then the winner of that will face uh, Stinger for the tag team titles down the line. Uh, but yes, to finish this off... Uh, let's we'll talk about well, this we'll talk about that after this we'll do this match first M's Alliance, Keiji Muto, Masita Tanaka and Naimuchi Marufuji defeated Sugiyaragon, Kazushi Sakuraba Kazuki Fujita and Takashi Sugiara in 20 minutes and 52 seconds of a heavy heavy match this was big deep cuts wrestling match of Inokiism and King's Road clashing uh, with a lot of people getting hurt and everyone was quite old. John, your thoughts?
0: Yeah, I, I always love the sort of dads fighting. Like, I can't <laughs> hate matches like this. It's like everyone groans. It's like, oh, but look how old they are. And it's like, can they still move? Can they still wrestle? I mean, Muto can only just move. He's got <laughs> bionic knees at this point. But it's like, this is so much fun because you've just got. Six salty veterans beating the shit out of each other. Like, Fujita is a monster. Like, I could watch Fujita kill people all day. It's so fun. And you've just got... Again, It's it feels like they've been doing this forever, but they keep telling new stories with it. Like, Tanaka and Sagira clearly aren't over their double title bout. Marafuji and Fujita just want to beat the shit out of each other. Muto and Sakuraba kind of get there just like, Oh, hey, we exist too. Let's fight. And I, I don't know, there's just something so fun about it. Because, yeah. like, again, with this weird pandemic era of wrestling, we've seen a resurgent for, like, the dads. <laughs> Yuji Nagata, Kojima, Tenzan, Duto, yeah. Tanaka... <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, like, I don't include Tanaka in the dads even though he's been around longer than all of them because he still moves exactly the same way he did 20 years ago. He's also
0: only ago. 48, so he hasn't reached yeah. the 50-year threshold. Yeah, that's so it. Like, Tanaka's only gotten better. Like, that's... his run in DDT was incredible. Like, Yeah. I
1: think the thing is with Tanaka is he's quietly just gone about his business in Japan and he didn't have a big run in the States outside of the ECW run. So people kind of got that mindset of him from North American fans, so certainly we have that mindset of him in ECW in the late nineties. And he doesn't really, apart from having thinning hair, doesn't really look any different. But he had thinning hair back then too. So,
0: <laughs> you He's know. in better shape now than he was back then.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. He's about 30 pounds lighter for a start, which, which when you're doing deathmatch stuff is pretty handy to have kicking around because it means you have softer landings. But... Um, now he wrestles King's Road style. It's a lot easier on his body. And um, he's picking his spots and he's being a booker because he books, uh, I think he books Wrestle One too. Not Wrestle One, Zero One <laughs> <laughs> uh, with Otani. So yeah, it's all good, isn't
0: it? It's like this. Matthews like these perfectly highlight why we still love the older guys. Because they, they do. still go like nobody's business and they will try to show you up because they've been around the block. <laughs> they know what the fuck they're doing and they're going to show you it.
1: I, I I'm I'm intrigued as to what they're going to do with them lot at um, at the New Japan crossover show. I want Sugi Aragon and Chaos to team up because Sakuraba's in both. So, ooh, you could, you I, could do some stuff with that.
0: <laughs> I kind of just want Fujita versus Ishi because they are basically the same person. <laughs> like uh... they've got the same build, same fucks given style, and same "I'm going to kill you" attitude. Like that would just be twenty minutes of just continuous forearms to the no neck region.
1: Fair enough. Yeah. Oh right, we should talk about this because, um, just actually after the first match, which we uh decided to give the commentators something to talk about. By the co. By the way, commentary for this was excellent. The um, Wrestle Universe English language commentary team, who were there in person, uh, do an outstanding job, and it's. It kind of grated on me to start with because it was very, very sports orientated and dead, dead serious. And now I kind of got used to it because it's like it should be dead, dead serious, even on the silly stuff. They kind of like take it pretty seriously. And I appreciate it because not all commentary teams do. So well done. I like you guys. Good job. Um, but yes, uh, there was a small video package which announced the return of Bullet Club's IWGP US heavyweight champion Kenta to a Noah ring on January the 1st at Budokan Hall, and I'd be very intrigued as to the reception he gets when he returns home to Noah. What's your thoughts on that, John?
0: It's certainly going to be interesting. Like, it it felt like it was only a matter of time, really, didn't it? Like, the second it was like, oh, New Japan and Noah are sort of working together, it's like, right, Kent is going to appear then, isn't he? It's like, yep, they announced it here and now. Quite a moving little video package.
1: I think so as well. I think it's um, I, when I'm trying to remember which match it was. I think it was the the disco. No, it might have been the it was the M's Alliance and Sugiara Gun match where they were talking about the fact that Sugiyara was champion two years ago. When you think about it, when Kenta came back from WWE, a lot of people assumed he was a lock for Noah, but Noah was a mess two years ago. Like, it had new owners who didn't really understand the product, who didn't really know where they were going. It was in the red, black and white era when they changed the logo, which is something they had to do because they had to get away from the Misawa legacy or they were never going to get out of there. But they didn't really, we watched those cars at the time and they were good wrestling, but they just didn't seem to have any direction, if you see what I mean. Because they were doing everything free on YouTube, which was pretty cool, um, but it wasn't going anywhere. Um, And as the commentary team said, it was dark times for the company, which means our owners were shit. Um, And then obviously Cyber Agent have come in and kind of let Noah be Noah as a company and kind of said, right, well, people don't want to buy this product because it's no longer what it used to be. So we'll bring back the green mat. We'll change the logo so it looks similar to the old one. (laughs) And we'll kind of have a booking style that's kind of based on King's Road and we'll build lengthy title runs with a long story of brotherhood and sportsmanship and competition and effort, you know, like Masao would have done. And everything's fine again. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, but you think about them back then, Kenta would not have signed for Noah because they just didn't have the money. They couldn't afford him by any stretch of the imagination, could they?
0: No. It's interesting no. to see just how much Cyberfight really have spiced up wrestling. In Japan. They,
1: they have, like, they've put money into it, and they must be making money. They will not keep putting this much money into it, would they?
0: Like, DDT have gone from like fourth biggest to probably the second biggest company out there, nowhere, are threatening to like reach the top levels as well. It's like they came in and was just like, right, we're going to make this sort of unified front for like DDT, Gamba, TJPW, all these sorts of things. And we'll make it available to everyone. And lo and behold, it's taken off like a bloody rocket because people want something different. And now, like New Japan, even New Japan have taken notice again because their king of the mountain spot's been sort of shaken up.
1: It has, because I mean, I don't think anyone's going to touch Wrestle Kingdom. You're not going to put ten thousand people into the Tokyo Dome.
0: Well, you can not at the moment.
1: No, you, well, you can put ten thousand in if you if you space so that's it. That's
0: the max at the moment.
1: I think, probably. Well, they were supposed to do 10,000 at Tokyo Dome in the summer, wasn't they? And they only put five in because they, they just didn't have a particularly inspiring product people didn't want to buy tickets. So, you know, you're kind of stuck. But if they put in a big crowd at Boudiccan, there there's only 1,000 people at this show. It looked bigger because it was a big hall and it was spaced out because obviously for COVID safety and stuff. But if they put 5,000 at Budokan Hall, that would be a big, big move. They put 5,000 in on two years ago. Um, so... Didn't they
0: get that many for Cyberfight Festival? I can't remember well,
1: they got to the Cyberfight Festival, to be honest.
0: Uh, I we'll know have they, a look. They probably could only put so many people in because it was like peak COVID times, but like... Uh...
1: I'm looking it up at Cyber Fight Festival and Cage Match now. It should give me uh four thousand eight hundred. Yeah, I know they put five thousand in there. Um. So yeah, they could do that again. Where did they put it? Where was it? It was Satayama Super Arena. It wasn't Budokan. But if they put five thousand in Budokan.
0: I did watch your show from the Budokan. I swear.
1: Sorry, no, it wasn't. It was from Satayama. But.
0: Oh no, because. And... I think around that same time I watched, obviously, when Muta beat Goshi Izaki and pissed the internet
1: off. Yeah, I would the Stardom run Budokan at that week as well. And it was, it was something ridiculous. Like, Budokan hadn't hosted a T wrestling show in about two years, and then all of a sudden, like, Stardom New Japan and Noah put shows on there in a week. <laughs> but, yeah, so, um, yeah. No, it'd be intriguing to see what would going off there. Um, Shall we move on to this main event, which is quite interesting?
0: Yeah, this... This should uh, have been shit. Like, I, I <laughs> can't lie, it should have been shit, but it wasn't.
1: Yeah, and the, the uh, GHC heavyweight champion, Katsushiko Nakajima, went to a time-limit draw with the GHC national champion in a championship versus championship winner-takes-all match-up, Kenu. Um... And it was remarkable. Honestly, I've not seen a match go this long with that few rest holds a men's match. I've seen women's matches go this intense for that long, but not men's matches. And women's matches tend to be more cardio based because they can move faster because they don't weigh as much. It's that simple. So if you can't move as fast as women can, and you want to try and keep the pace up, the only way you're going to do that is with strikes. So the fact that these two managed to get through this hour without being concussed the way they were hitting each other is a miracle to start with. And then they put this match together based purely on drama. Nakajima isn't like a technical whiz. He's a big strike and hits guy. And Keno isn't a technical whiz. He's a big strikes and hit guy. They can both Matt wrestle, but it's not the biggest thing in their particular bag. So they went for the strikes, and they kept going and kept going and kept going with some ridiculous spots to keep things moving and the crowd were on the edge of their seat for an hour and so were we what's your thoughts on this one john
0: like i'd be intrigued to know like people's mentality going into this without knowing it was a 60 minute draw like i knew it was a draw going into it but like to be worked for that long and to suddenly like even I forgot about it until I heard, like, the two-minute mark coming up, and it's, like, two minutes left, and I'm like, fucking hell, has that been 58 minutes already? <laughs> <laughs> like, it obviously starts off slow, but that's the point. They spend, like, five minutes just trying to toy with each other. And then all of a sudden it's just like, oh, they're going for the legs, now they're kicking the shit out of each other, now they're brawling, now they're kicking the shit out of each other again. Oh, that's time? What? like it just goes by so seamlessly like you're hooked because it's two faction brothers fighting for each other's titles and Kenoh still is trying to utilize his dream of like main event in the Budokan it's like it's such a compelling like match that manages to go longer than anything else without feeling it like yeah Iron Man matches aren't for everyone. Sixty-minute matches aren't for everyone, and I don't. I think people will have tabbed out of this one multiple times throughout. If, well, I can't blame them. I nearly did it a couple of points, but like as you said, there are so few rest moments. Like it's so weird because you when you see other sort of sixty-minute matches, you're like, right there's the rest hold, there's a the submission rest hold. Here it was like there was what the leg work, and that was about it.
1: Yeah, that's it. It just flowed and kept on flowing and just didn't really stop for an hour. There was like the the big spots outside the ring with Keno's double foot stomp to the floor, which was insane because it was amazing he didn't bust somebody's ribs.
0: Yeah, (laughs) that was a scary...
1: scary But yeah, they wanted it and it's it's the kind of story you need to tell and it, it was a match above and beyond what you thought both wrestlers were capable of the match they had at the n1 victory final was amazingly good but this one easily outstretched it just because it was such a well-told story and so much fun to watch and so much drama to to unfold as well um which leaves nakajima as champion and then goshi uzaki turned up coming back from injury to challenge nakajima for the GHC Heavyweight Championship at Budokan Hall. Both of these men have used the phrase, I am Noah, um, which is intriguing (laughs) if you look at the history of both wrestlers because they're not both really Noah now, are they? (laughs) But they do embody the Noah spirit and they do embody the Noah company and the storytelling that this particular organization has been giving for the last 20 years. Shiozaki is a protégé of... um, Kenta Kabashi and Nakajima is a protege of Kensuke Sasaki and Akira Hokuto, three of the biggest names in professional wrestling history, and their mentors are ever present in their matches. So, it's really intriguing is what's going to happen there. What's your thoughts on that big matchup, John?
0: Oh, uh, Shizaki versus Nakajima. That's going to be that's going to be interesting. I I'm not sure what to think because. It's been a while since Shizaki's been action because of in action, because of like injuries and stuff, and the company's kind of just moved on without him. So he's gonna really be like fighting to get his spot back. It'd be Plus, intriguing. he's probably still feeling the sting of losing to Muta. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I do get the idea that like Shizaki versus Nakajima is a draw, though. But I think the company would have done well. I mean, I think it's probably like the classy move to put those two together at this particular time because it is the biggest show of their year really and especially it's, it's wrestling week you know there are people that go to japan to watch wrestling all week it's like to tokyo to watch wrestling all week during wrestle kingdom week people just block book tickets at Kirk and Hawk because they're there so mm-hmm. it's kind of like the ideal time to do the show and new japan sorry new year's day shows in japan have traditionally been massive you know there's um usually big MMA shows or wrestling shows on New Year's Eve and on New Year's Day. So it's a traditional day for big wrestling shows. It's a traditional kind of main event style. I think it's the right time to do it. And it's it's a big blow off show. And then three days later, you've got Wrestle Kingdom. And then a week after that, you've got that big show in New Japan. So they're kind of like they're making the most out of it from a business point of view, I think.
0: It's definitely a big money match. Like, there's no doubt about that. Like, old ace versus current ace is Always going to be a draw, and especially because Shiazaki is insanely talented. I just think he's going to have a bit of an effort sort of proving that again, considering like his absence. Yeah, but of all the people to do it against, Nakajima is probably the right guy. <laughs>
1: all right, well, that covers all the stuff you need to know about Noah and Go. See, I made that rhyme.
0: Aha, uh-huh, you know Yay. it's Yeah,
1: isn't it? thank you very much for listening to the Troopany show today. I will be back with the best of Super Genius and World Tag League this week as it keeps going on.
0: <laughs> oh, I can hear your wariness. <sighs> oh, your soul is dying.
1: I mean yes, today's show was pretty good, actually. It was kind of like I watched Dookie and um was it Dookie and Robbie Eagles and I'm like, this is all right. I could sit and watch this. This is cool. I like this. This is really good. And then I watched ELP again and I was like, oh, good Lord. (laughs) uh, Okay, we'll keep watching this. Right. So, yeah, but I got through the whole show and didn't turn off. The worst was watching ELP versus Toguchi, because there's two guys who rely on shtick (laughs) all the time. And I'm about done with their shtick, and they were they were like just Taguchi's just copied whatever his opponents done in the in the tournament. So there's one guy who I find really boring, and another guy copying a guy I find really boring, and it was like, oh, oh lordy, what are you trying to do to me?
0: Anything so, you can do, I can do better.
1: Yeah, no, no, it was just oh, but yeah, some intriguing results though. Uh, you're not going to like it, but Master Wato's actually some good now.
0: I mean, good on him. I'd, I'd yes. rather not have to take the piss out of him.
1: Yes, true. And uh, Yo seems to have got his groove under him. Because um, the one we spoke last week, he was on nil Pois, And now he's a contender again because he's won five matches on the bounce. So, yeah, he's done well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it, so, seems, it just seems bad to build a tournament around the house of cock torture.
1: Oh, Tag League's not quite as bad, but they're still in contention as well. Um, but yeah, it's... It, oh, it's just... I have a horrible feeling you're going to get Evil and Yujiro going for the tag titles at Wrestle Kingdom, and they'll be like, oh, God. Yujiro, <laughs> I, I don't mind.
0: Yujiro, but oh, yeah. I, I, want the evil stuff at this point. It's I, failed. Give up.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I don't... I no, I mean, I won't mind Yuji doing it. He's fine. He deserves a title on but not i mean not not that evil doesn't deserve a title run i think he's one of the guys who could be the future of the company there was we, we talked about it this week wasn't there? there was an interview with Shibata and he said i don't think guys are wrestling the matches they would like to wrestle and that means there is less kind of fire in the performances because they're not having the freedom to do what they want to do which
0: is often, it's all gone often... downhill since evil joined bullet club
1: it is, I don't think it's Evil's fault It's the booking of that That's that's Evil's fault The booking has been their big issue all year long They've tried to put square pegs in round holes At every opportunity <laughs> And then wonder why it didn't work
0: They made this terrible decision And then have spent the past year and a half Trying to justify this bad decision
1: Yeah, and you know Shingo is good, but he's not a miracle worker Let's be honest <laughs> You know He's tried his best, but he can't do everything that they need him to do to make New Japan interesting as champion. He can only do so much, and his so much is not good enough to save that company at the moment. But their mid-card stuff has been fine, where they have pretty much let wrestlers be who they needed to be and let them get on with it. Funny that, like we say that for every company we come across, the guys in NOA look like they're having fun and they're having good wrestling matches, and they look committed and they look like they know what they're doing. I'm not saying the New Japan guys don't, but it's only a, it's a smash ring. Toriyanu and Tana Hashi are having the time of their lives right now, because there's no pressure on them to do anything, you know, and they're having fun in a tag team tournament, and they are really enjoying themselves, and Tana looks about five years younger. Because he's doing what he wants to do, have fun with his mate, Yanu. What more could you want? <laughs> you know, it's just cool. That's it. And then, you know, you get to the main event and there's, there's Shingo acting all tough and trying to be dead serious and stuff, and it's like, it still doesn't quite fit. But there you go.
0: Uh, everyone's still crying because we couldn't get rid of Osprey. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Damn it, uh... Omicron you had. Yeah!
1: Yeah.
0: We'll send you Omicron, can just eat the planet. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how we'll get rid of it. Just mutually assured destruction.
1: Anywho, thank you for very much for listening to the Troopini show today. My name's James Trupini. You can find me at Sheriff Lone Star on the Twitter. Where can we find you? On your internets, John.
0: You can find me at John Deathman on Twitter. That is the gateway to hell. That will lead you to my writings, the tip jar, all my reviews, and yeah, just check still chat. Oh, wrestlingsc.com, and you will find like more reviews coming as this probably goes out because I'm halfway through a GCW show.
1: Very soon, it'll be the Steel Chair Top 100 Wrestlers and Top 50 Tag Teams. Fifty is 50 tag teams, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, we, we managed to find 50 tag teams um, <laughs> <laughs> um, coming out soon, and we we. We, think, we
0: promise to piss you off with our choices. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Oh, we're 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 going to it riots this year. No one liked us last year. This is going to be even better. <laughs>
0: I, mean, I feel it's a better. It it makes more sense than it did last year.
1: I, I know the top three, and I think it's more representative perhaps than it did last year. But I, I still think people are going to be angry with us. Like the guy said last year, to us, but your list is just your personal opinions. Yes, yes, it is. Well done.
0: <laughs> it's almost like the writers picking their top 100 would, would be their personal opinion and not, yeah. you know, indicative of what... It's it's always funny when people are like, oh, why well, is not this person here? Because I don't want to watch the show. Yeah, that's it.
1: We, like... we We base it on the rules of we vote for who we watch. That's it. If we like somebody, we vote for them. If we don't like them or have not watched them, we won't vote for them. You know, so that's just the way it is. There was, interestingly and funnily enough, the one period of time I watched WWE uh, for any length of time was when Becky Lynch was number one in the Steelchair Wrestling 100. And since then, a WWE wrestler has not been number one. Funny that. <laughs> so there you go still share wrestling stuff don't watch WWE at all
0: I mean we've got a few who review it but that's that's about it these days
1: yeah that's it I wouldn't say avidly watch not so much <laughs> but there you go uh, but yeah so we'll be intriguing and we'll be looking forward to your letters of complaint <laughs> anywho take care uh you can find the show troopany show at on twitter and you find us the troopany show on patreon and on facebook where you can keep the troopany show free forever for everyone at patreon not facebook facebook won't pay anything kids anyway take care we'll speak to you soon bye